Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. The Saints behind the eight ball to start. uh, Well, not to start, but early in the Thursday night NFL game, a showdown matchup in the NFC South. Their star, their breakout headliner, Alvin Kamara, knocked out concussion protocol the big play, the big gun for the New Orleans Saints offense who'd been ratcheting up 10-plus yards every time he touched the ball, uh, but not in this game because he got knocked out, uh, done for the night there, and the uh, Saints declared him done for the night with, I think it was 14 seconds remaining in the uh, first half when that came down, but uh, he was out, and, and still the Saints... Had the game. They had the game. At least a tie. They had the tie in their back pocket. You saw you know, exactly what I'm talking about. But in the end, the Hall of Famer, the legend, right? Mr. Everyone loves him. They, I said some negative things, things about him a couple weeks ago. You would have thought I was a heathen, the reaction uh, that I got. But the New Orleans Saints put the ball in Drew Brees' hands. Right, and they they were thinking, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get a touchdown and win the game. I I like the fact that they didn't kick the field goal, uh, went for it on a fourth down and one, on what turned out to be that fateful final drive. Uh, that was good, right? How many times have the Falcons over the over the years 
one when a team scored too early to tie the game. Then they got back with a minute and a half or two minutes, and they went back down and kicked a game-winning field goal. So I'm not going to kill the Saints for that, but that final play by Drew Brees, you cannot, you cannot do that. You can't. That That is a risk. You've got the field goal in the back pocket. You've get, you're guaranteed no worse than overtime. No worse than overtime. So the scale of anger, the Maller scale of anger, is at a 10. You had the game tied. You, the game was going to be tied. You can't do that. What are you, you Brett Favre? That's what some of Brett Favre would do back in the day. Mr. Interception himself. And so the Saints wind up losing the game. Listen, it was a wonderful defensive play. If you want to do positive radio and say, rah, rah, that was great, that was amazing, fine. That, yes, the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons coming up big on defense. Uh, some guy I've never heard of, Deion Jones, a uh, linebacker picking off Drew Brees in the end zone with less than two minutes to go. And and then even we had more melodrama after that because Sean Payton had a hissy fit and ran out in the field. Uh, and uh, is Odell Beckham going to tweet video of that now and say there's a double standard because of Sean Payton? Are we going to get that this week now from Odell Beckham? As uh, Sean Payton ran out, he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which definitely was the final nail in the in the coffin. Not that the Saints were likely going to get a game-tying field goal. But after Drew Brees got picked off in the end zone by Deion Jones, the Falcons could have been forced to punt, which would have, in theory, given the Saints the opportunity for a redonkulous pass interference call, which would have then led to a field goal that could have led to an overtime. Uh, But none of that happened because Sean Payton ran out, and he was not happy. He was yelling. And uh, and then I understand that, that Sean Payton just announced, well, rather than me say what Sean Payton said, let's go to the audio tape. Here's Sean Payton who explained the fit of rage that led to the screaming and running out in the field. I called a timeout, and uh, then he asked me again, and I said, I've already called the timeout. I probably said it with a little bit more uh, oomph or vigor than I'm supposed to, but I had enough. i gotta be I got to be smarter than that. Yeah, Payton also pointed out that he had, been fed up because of the uh, the amount of penalties that were called against the Saints in this game. That there was a, I guess the inference is that there was some kind of league mandate to f with the Saints in this particular game. Uh, yeah, I picked, I handicapped the game. We talked about it a little bit last night. I I, I had the Saints. I feel I feel good. I, they lost the game, but. They they were the team that was in position to at least tie the game, should have won the game. And, and Drew Brees, if you want to microanalyze and you're a Drew Brees fanboy, you'll say, well, yeah, but he still had a quarterback rating of over 100. But it's that final play. It's that final play. And while Brees' numbers overall are still pretty good, uh, I have seen, because I have the trained eye of a gas bag, a late-night gas bag, I, I, have, I have more ability than the average mortal. When it comes to this kind of stuff, and so rather than sit there as a fanboy and say, "Boy, that's just electrifying," that's just amazing, eye-popping football. What I do uh, is I I am able to do the complex work of uh, overlooking Drew Brees, and I have seen some cracks in the foundation. 
Uh, I have some flaws, if you will. And uh, it, it's not rock bottom. This is not noodle arm Peyton Manning. Uh, it is not. But there are some uh, some things there that are uh, starting to buckle, getting a little distorted, and can quickly turn from that, if it doesn't get corrected, into a full-on debacle for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Sean Payton trying to put a positive spin. Let's hear more from Sean Payton. He's trying to put a positive spin on what was a really bad outcome for the Saints. I thought we fought real hard. I thought we played I thought we played outstanding on defense. Struggle offensively, find a rhythm. A lot of different guys go down. I'd say eight or nine players got hurt tonight, you know, give or take. So that became challenging. Yes. Next man up, right? Do your job, next man up. So what does it all mean? What does it all mean? Well, it doesn't flip anything at this point. The Falcons, they are 8-5, and five, and they're still the seventh seed in the NFC. So they're still on the outside. The top six get in in the AFC and the NFC. For the Saints, they go down to 9-4, and four, and they're the fourth seed uh, for, for what – what it what it you know if it means anything special to you? So the Saints will play the Seahawks. If the playoffs started today, the NFL would miss like a bunch of games. But the Saints would play the Seahawks in New Orleans. That would be Wild Card Weekend, and the other Wild Card game would be the Carolina Panthers and the L.A. Rams. The Falcons, who I think are just kind of a eh kind of team. I'm not I'm not overly impressed. Am I a bad person for not being overly impressed with the Atlanta Falcons? I'm not. I I, I don't. Seem like a dominant team. They they get a home win against the Saints, a game they should have, could have, would have, didn't lose, and and they have a a schedule upcoming where they got the seemingly the bye week next week in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium for the Bucks next week, and then the Falcons will take on the Saints again. That's back in New Orleans and the Carolina Panthers in Atlanta. So the Falcons does do they get? To ten wins, do they get to the most they can get to is eleven wins because they've got eight right now. So you figure they get to at least nine. They beat Tampa. That's a show up, collect the win situation. You know, you collect the rent. Sometimes you yeah, show up, just collect the win, get out of there, and and then see what you can do against the Saints and then the Panthers. The last, the last game of the year. But Drew Brees did say after the game, uh, he did point out accurately. Uh, some mild, some mild accountability. He said that that late interception was not a risk that he should have taken, which is exactly what I was saying when I was screaming, shouting, and yelling as I was watching. And, and on top of that, uh, we have a a a player from the Atlanta Falcons doing some post game uh, victory lap mocking of the New Orleans Saints. Which I like, uh, Devonte Freeman. You see this, uh, Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. <laughs> the Twitter account of Devonte Freeman. I guess he deleted it now. That's a bad job by him. Well, if you get, you got if you're gonna post it, you gotta keep it up, man. But he then uh, he tweeted out uh, one word and then LOL. What was what was the word? Okay, it uh, began with an A, but usually this word begins with an S. Does that help you out? It's a uh, no kind of a nickname for the Saints they've picked up over the years. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know that. It's kind of like ants, but there's an A in the, or an I near, you know, in between the yeah. A and the N. Yeah. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. The, uh, he did the old ants 
Why do you delete it though? I, mean, I don't know. That's well, kind of weak. You know? Well, was he was he responding to uh, Sean Payton giving him the choke sign during the game? Uh, I don't know if that was he. Did, he didn't expand it. He deleted it. He well, ran away. They and were hit. they were asking him about it after the game, and he he seemed amused. Yeah, doesn't want to give bulletin board material, Ben. Yeah, uh, they play each other in a couple of weeks. You know, I'm sure that if he you know he had to delete this because no one will know about it, right? And I'm sure the uh, those Saints players they'll play much harder, much harder. And Drew Brees won't throw that pass in the end zone the next time they play. Exactly. That was won't a happen. Jay Cutler like pass. Yeah, that that was. Uh, Peterman, well, heck, what was it three out of four passes? Matt Ryan threw interceptions. Yeah, yeah he was. And Atlanta you know, still wins the game. He was. I mean, going into this game, I think that was kind of what you thought. You know, you were going to look forward to two veteran quarterbacks. You know, a guy who's a, probably a Hall of Famer, another guy who was the MVP last year, and yeah, not so much. Yeah, uh, they, they made plenty of mistakes, but the, the Saints. You get three interceptions, and then the, the the field goal. They they just Atlanta just said here here's a three point here's a lead. Get an extra three points at halftime before halftime with four seconds to go. And these uh, these geniuses, uh, well one of them on the Saints had a complete malfunction, so they don't even get the three points because they the because of penalty they didn't even get a chance to kick the field goal again. Total debacle uh, for the Saints there, and uh, so I, I hope they lose again. I'm I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. With the Saints, and they have uh, had some issues here uh, of late. Remember, they they got by the Redskins in a game that the Redskins absolutely vomited all over the field. Remember that game where that crazy comeback by the Saints in New Orleans a few weeks back, and then they lost to the Rams, a game I uh, was at, and the uh, the Rams uh, clearly the better team uh, in that uh, particular game. And you uh, you look at the way the Saints have played here; they've they had that long winning streak, and they had that highlight. I guess the high would be when they just steamrolled the Buffalo Bills. But since that Bills game, they they are two and two, and really should be one and three, right? Because the 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 overtime win against the Redskins, which was insanity, that was just a a gift situation from the Redskins. All right, so the Ben Maller Show on Fox. If you would like to be part. You know the number. Now, get in early because next hour, the penny will be in the house. The penny will be here for a full hour, breaking down every single NFL game against the spread. And so we can be frustrated by complete malpractice of veteran players in the NFL on Sunday when you pick the right side of the game and they blow it. That's uh, that's the, the fun part. Just absolutely wonderful. Uh, it really is. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, we'll begin this diatribe with Sean Payton. Now, I didn't even bring this up last hour because I didn't think it was anything spectacular. Uh, but clearly, uh, a uh, a mountain is being made out of this very, very minor uh, story. But if you were watching the Thursday night game, a game in which... The Houston or the Houston, the uh, New Orleans Saints led. It felt like they were they were in the lead for most of the game, but in the end, uh, the Atlanta Falcons had a field goal lead with about four minutes to go. The Saints were marching down the field, uh, had a game tying field goal attempt in their back pocket. They went for the win. They went for the touchdown, knowing they could still get the game winning field goal. Just don't turn the ball over. Oops! Uh, Drew Brees turned the ball over. Interception. End zone. 
Less than two minutes. Game over. Atlanta wins, so they stay alive. Still out of the playoff picture in the NFC, but a much-needed win for the Falcons. They win it on a night when Matt Ryan was Nathan Peterman for the stretch of four passes. He had three interceptions and four passes at one point. But a story that's getting a lot, a lot of attention is a sidebar story, and it involves Sean Payton. About the 12-minute mark, in fact, I I have a screenshot. It was 12 minutes and 29 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Sean Payton gave a choke gesture, a choke gesture to Devontae Freeman and the Atlanta Falcons. He made this little, uh, look at that, little choking gesture. That was right after a play near the sidelines. It was near the Saints' sidelines, and the Saints – we're leading at the time, and as I said, there was 12 minutes to go in the game, and Freeman had taken a carry. He was headed towards the Saints sideline. He got no yardage, went out of bounds right in front of the Saints coach, Sean Payton. Uh, Payton was standing right there, and uh, Payton, <coughs> yeah, that's a little sound of what Payton might have done. I don't know. We don't have audio of it, but that's what it might have sounded like. And, no, uh, I'm not going to choke on my meat. Now, the reason I didn't make a big deal about this, okay, uh, this is competition. Uh, these guys were talking trash to each other. There were words exchanged, right? And words. Um, what did the, the Freeman say? Did he make some bounty bounty gate joke to uh, to Peyton? Maybe I don't know. And then Peyton's like, "Okay, if you're gonna you're gonna talk trash to me, uh, you got the ultimate trump card. If you want to talk trash to an Atlanta Falcon player." You just point out uh, 28 to 3. You could have done that, right? Super Bowl 28 to 3. You blew it. Uh, and then the choke signal. And I mean, you, you can't really deny that he was making the choke signal. Sean Payton was absolutely uh, doing it. Uh, and they asked Devontae Freeman about that. And uh, he said, quote, that man don't know nothing about choking, <laughs> which I think is. Shakespearean. I believe that is Shakespearean. I think that uh, that quote right there, uh, he did recall Freeman, the Falcon running back, recalled that exchange. He uh, said, he is a quote, he ain't from where I'm from. He don't know about choking. He a good competitor, so the competes probably came out, but he don't know nothing about choking. Did this man go to college? He did, right? He didn't go to Saddleback College, though, because if he had gone to Saddleback College, my goodness. <laughs> uh, that's the King's English right there. Yes? I think it is. All right, so if people are all freaking out over this. Uh, my reaction, I think it's it's a very minor, minor infraction. And uh, I, I know what we want. We want our NFL to be robotic. We want our players to be robots. We don't want anyone to pick up a penalty flag in a fit of rage and chuck it at a kid having his bar mitzvah that happens to be at a game. We don't want that. All right? We No, no, no. No blood and guts between the Steelers and the Bengals. We don't want anyone triggered. No, 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 no. And God forbid a player and a coach get into this back and forth, which leads to Sean Payton making the choke signal the universal choke signal, uh, that that's not allowed either. We just can't have that. We must mandate everything. We must manipulate the game of football. That's where we are. 
It sucks. It's so stupid. We want every, everyone to be machine-like because some moron on social media is going to be triggered. It's absurd is what it is. Right, more on that uh, later. Let's press on, though. There's other stuff going on. Let's pivot away from the NFL. We got trade action in the NBA. We got a deal. We got trade action. Philadelphia has decided to trust the trade process. Jaleel Okafor kicked out of the Delaware Valley. The prize of the NBA draft a couple years ago, number three pick, sent packing. Now, if you haven't paid attention because you don't watch the NBA until Christmas, I'll fill you in. Thursday afternoon, trade rumors pops up. Done deal soon afterwards. Swap meet sale. Sixers say goodbye to Okafor. Nick Stauskas and a 2019 second-round pick. They go to Brooklyn in exchange for the legendary Trevor Booker. So he goes back to Philadelphia. Let's discuss. Now, anytime there's a trade, you wonder who got the better of the trade. In this case, it's Brooklyn. It's obvious that Brooklyn got the better of the trade, but the, the better question is, what does Jaleel Okafor do now for the Nets? All right, my perspective on this uh, you, you've got basketball purgatory, building block, an estate sale, value shopping, and an opportunity. Let me put all these things together here, and uh, we we microanalyze this trade. Now, A, the, the Brooklyn Nets have been handcuffed for several years now. They have been off the grid, off the radar because of the notorious – trade with the Celtics, the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade a few years back. And so in the currency of basketball, you don't have to have first-round picks. You don't have to use the first-round picks, but you have to use them to get players. You can't trade all of your first-round picks and, and, and then not have any for years to come. That's what the Nets have done. So occasionally you have to use you know, some of them. Uh, and ever since that Russian oligarch decided to load up on long-in-the-tooth, middle-aged or long-in-the-tooth NBA players, the Nets have been on life support. Jaleel Okafor provides a soon-to-be 22-year-old center who at one point was the darling of scouts a couple years ago. And while he uh, was in basketball purgatory in Philadelphia, he's only played 25 minutes. The NBA season is a couple months old. He's played 25 minutes. They pretty much told him to go away, right? So now he's going to be welcomed into Brooklyn as a building block for the woe-be-gone Brooklyn Nets. No more doghouse for Jaleel Okafor. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And Nick Stauskas, uh, he can be a, a, a good rotation player. He's not a star, but he can be a good rotation player. He's not chopped liver uh, coming to Brooklyn. And, and the other part of this, from the Sixers' side of things, this is known as an estate sale. Like, uh, the person died, let's get rid of everyone, uh, you know, let's get rid of all the, uh, the the sofa and the TV and the paintings and all that stuff. They bought Jaleel Okafor high, number three pick. That's value. That's a very valuable investment, number three pick in the draft. And he's been such a headache, he's fallen out of favor, that they are essentially giving Jaleel Okafor away for pennies on the dollar. Trevor Booker is a vagabond player. He, he's a grinder type. He's, a, he's a, a tough guy. He's been around. He's played with Washington, Utah, Brooklyn, now Philadelphia. He's also a middle-aged basketball player at 30. Still in his prime, but he's 
eight years older than Jaleel Okafor, and he's had to hang around by by carrying the water up the hill, which is, those guys aren't terrible, but you don't trade a bunch of people to get those guys. Uh, from pure basketball talent, from that standpoint, the Philadelphia 76ers got hosed. They got the short end of the stick in this particular trade. The, the Nets have become a clearinghouse for other teams' failed lottery picks. Like, if you didn't immediately pay dividends, you go to Brooklyn. That's where you go. And they have managed the last couple of years to pick up D'Angelo Russell and Jaleel Okafor for peanuts. Now, if you're optimistic, if you're an optimistic person, you will say uh, this is value shopping is what it is because these guys were celebrated. I remember when the Lakers drafted D'Angelo Russell, they were comparing him to Steph Curry, a poor man Steph Curry. How'd that work out? And uh, Philadelphia was very optimistic that Jaleel Okafor would be a consistent 20-point-plus, 10-plus rebound player and be a rock for the next 10 years. Hasn't worked out. Now, if you're pessimistic, you will point out that the lottery system in the NBA is essentially Russian roulette, and there's only one open chamber uh, when you when you make these draft picks. Uh, Russell's already been hurt with the net, so he hasn't done much, and he's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, the parting shot on this, Jaleel Okafor no longer in limbo. He is out and free to roam around the country. It's a new beginning for Okafor. That doesn't really count as a rebirth. Hasn't been around in the NBA long enough, but Brooklyn, you got to hope for that infamous wake-up call and that Okafor will become a more focused player. This idea, this argument that Okafor does not fit in the NBA because he's too tall and he's a post-up player, I don't buy that. There is a place for that in the NBA. Now, you can't have multiple post-up players. That's not going to work. But you can mix and match a good post-up player with a bunch of great outside perimeter players. So this is a, a really neat opportunity for Okafor to be the focal point with Brooklyn, and they've picked up a younger group of players. I don't know how good any of these guys are, but if he can be a dominating low post scorer, he'll have a long career in the NBA. And the coolest part about this opportunity is if he produces on the court, Okafor, all this debauchery off the court will be overlooked. That's the same argument we made with Johnny Manziel. If Johnny Manziel had thrown 40 touchdown passes, People would have told fun stories and anecdotes about what a party animal he was. Instead, he didn't do that, and so we we focused uh, not we, but other people focused on him, you know, drinking shots of uh, of whiskey and uh, you know he, he, doing coke off strippers' asses. That, that that was what got talked about rather than him throwing touchdown passes. The party animal guys who don't perform, they get shunned as ogres. Right, you're an ogre. There's no place for you. Now, the wild child who produces is seen as just a warm, outgoing extrovert. It's, it's weird how that works, right? I mean, it really is. All right. Uh, it's the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. So that's the lesson, that if you're an unremarkable lottery pick, like three years later, you'll end up in Brooklyn. If you're uninteresting, if you're mediocre, you'll end up in Brooklyn. Oh, boy. It's exciting. That is very exciting, yes. It's a great place, uh, Brooklyn. Is it? It's all right. There's a lot of hippies that moved to Brooklyn. I don't know. My brother lives in My brother, uh, he used to have like an art like a, an art space. He was an artist. He doesn't do much of that anymore. But he had a place in Brooklyn. And so I, when I went there years, like 20 years ago, 
and it was all kind of run down and you know and kept. A, I was in Brooklyn last. I think it was last year or the year before. It's like an artsy fartsy type place now. Yeah. Well, isn't hey. that? Thank you. Isn't that better than it being run down? And, no, I like it run down. I like CD run down. Hmm. I like. There was one street we were on in Brooklyn where you you see the old cobblestone from when the horses. Raw. I'm not making that up. I still remember walking and we walked through the street and it was like they hadn't paved they hadn't paved over this one part of the street and it was just because of the weather it had worn back and anyway. Are the Brooklyn Nets the most irrelevant sports franchise in that area? Well, you know, don't want to mention the Islanders, but well, they, I mean, they won what four Stanley Cups in a row at one time. I no, mean, no one was alive when that happened, though. You were alive, and so I was, was not. I. Uh, yes, no, no, no. Well, the Islanders are more irrelevant than the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I'm going to okay. disagree. I'm going to say it's the Brooklyn no. Nets. No. I could go the Mets. You can always go Mets. Nah, there are Mets fans. I've met Mets fans. I've never, never I'm met a Brooklyn real Nets Mets fan. fans, though. You know, it's not a, what, do you, what does that mean? <laughs> fake Mets fans. Like, like, you know, there's people in the media that like the Mets. They're mostly fake. Uh, yeah, Mr. Mets good once a year for giving somebody the bird, though. I like that, you know. Well, who doesn't like that? Cartoon- even, though he, even though he doesn't really have a middle finger. I know. You can't give someone the bird if you don't actually have well, a middle finger. I think he did. Morons in New York. It though. takes, uh, you know, a lot of talent to do that. Hey, he pulled it off. I've known some people that claim to like the Mets. They deserve the bird. So I'm fine with that. Number one. Yeah. Little cartoon Mickey Mouse hands. You can't give the the bird to anybody. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. That time. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? Lame week. Lame week who? It's Big Ben's lame joke of the week. All right, batting leadoff on Big Ben's Lame Jokes. As always, the leadoff hitter, the number one leadoff hitter in the Lame Joke segment all time, Sirius Sean. Sirius Sean. Hi, Sean. Hey, friends. How you doing, everybody? How's school going? Remember, I'm your only friend. These guys don't like it. How's school going? <laughs> well, it's fine. I'm already on winter break starting tomorrow. Oh, you, lucky, yes. you lucky bum. Oh, my God. Yeah. I need winter break. All right. Now, what yeah. do you have and, for me, Sean? Well, I was going to say I have to get out a nickname for that other guy that I called in earlier, too, because I heard about it. So. Oh, John, yeah. yeah. You're, where'd you hear about it? Oh, well, you were talking about it early, earlier oh, the, in the, the hour. You I heard about it on the radio. Blabbity John. What? I was thinking of Blabbity John. Blabbity John, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sucks. All right, uh, what do you got for us? Okay, here we go. Um, what do me and the L.A. Rams have in common for this year? Uh, what do Sirius Sean and the L.A. Rams have in common? I don't know. We're both going to be watching the 2018 Super Bowl. <laughs> it's not even It's not funny. It's hilarious. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Sean. Uh, no, it's not, yeah. get, a, get a better joke, right? Get out of here. All right, the way this works, I'll read the joke. I'll <laughs> bounce it to Eddie. He'll ruin it and maybe bounce it back to me. I'll give you the punchline. We do Q&A jokes. Those work best for the format. And uh, Danny G then will play this if it's funny. <laughs> He'll play this if it's not funny. Ooh. And you'll hear this if it could go either way. Stop this future atrocity. <laughs> and uh, Coop's got his offensive jokes. Uh, what do you call a sleepwalking nun? What do you call a sleepwalking nun? I don't know, Ben. A Roman Catholic. <laughs> All right. uh, two redheads have a baby. What's the baby called? 
Two redheads have a baby. What's a baby called? I don't know, Ben. Gingerbread man. Uh, all right, Big Ben's. Uh, we're off to a good start, right? We are off to a good start. Researchers say it is okay to sleep in math class, Eddie. Is that right? It's a calculated risk. Oh, come on. That was funny. The same as those other stupid jokes. It's not trigonometry. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, do you know what the... This is one I was going to send to Coop, but for some reason I didn't. Do you know what uh, this year's worst Christmas toy is? Uh, I don't know what this year's worst Christmas toy is. The Tickle Me Weinstein doll. Hmm. <laughs> it's from Hillbilly Mike that sent that one in. This is from Average Joe in Minnesota. Uh, why did the lion get disqualified from the race? I've never heard this one before, hmm. Eddie. Why did the lion get disqualified from the race? I don't know, Ben. Uh, he was a cheetah. <laughs> A 33-year-old British woman says she plans to marry a 90-year-old chandelier she bought online. Well, that is nuts. Well, it's actually a good story because Larry King says he's in love. Los Angeles, hello. Mike, that the people did not like that. Reports say President Trump regularly eats two Big Macs, two filet of fish, and a chocolate milkshake for dinner. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Bartolo Colon told him to stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> I have never now had a, I've never had a fillet of fish. As you know, I'm not big on the fish. My dad uh, likes that sandwich, which is very bizarre to me. And I had it when I was a kid. And I don't believe there's the only thing you really taste, as I remember, is the tartar sauce. There's no the fish has no taste. So if, if you got a fish fillet sandwich with no tartar sauce, you would just be eating nothing. I don't I don't know. There'd be no taste. Well, to somebody's it. eating them because they've been around forever. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's keep it going here. Coop, you got anything, Coop? Yeah, I got something for okay. you, Ben. All right, there's a. <laughs> it's been some bad news. Uh, porn star August Ames passed away this week. The good news is that she's coming back and will be starring in a new movie titled Resurrection. Is it too soon? You get it? Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. Get right over my head. Yeah, all right. Uh, what, what grants wishes while wearing a satin nightgown? What grants wishes while wearing a satin nightgown? I don't know, Ben. A genie in Medford. Uh, that's from our friend, Come on in, man. Our friend Haas in Denver, a proud P1. So thank you for that. Any, any check-in lately with Jeannie uh, from no, anyone? No, I have not. Uh, cool. We've not heard from Jeannie. No. Nope. Uh, she's all right. If anybody knows Jeannie in Medford, help her, uh, have her give us a call. Uh, how many Kobe Bryant fans does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh, Kobe Bryant fans screw in a light I don't know, Ben. How many? Just two, but if it happened in Colorado, they'll never admit to it. Stop this future atrocity. It's from Eric the Goblin King, who says he'd pay Weed Man Hippie to do the laugh track. He's better than Danny G. That's what Eric says. It's right here. It's on his uh, message to me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Winter Olympics. Go ahead. Bring him in, Ben. The Winter Olympics are going to be slow this year. Oh, really? Why are they going to be slow, Ben? Nobody will be Russian. It's from uh, Jay. Sent that one in. Uh, did you know that Bill Belichick, oh no, Belichick and Saban have a secret love child? I, uh, I did not know that. Uh, according to Glenn, it's Angry Bill. That's what uh, he says here. Oh. That was really bad. Hit a uh, bump in the road. 
I'll skip over that one. Uh, oh, boy, I don't know if this, this – I probably should have sent this one to, to Coop also. Uh, Kurt from Earth says, uh, why did Ben McAdoo and Sashi Brown travel to Southern California? Uh, ben McAdoo, the fired Giants coach, and Sashi Brown, the fired uh, executive for the Browns. Why did they travel to Southern California, Ben? Because they were told they had been fired. You're fired. Yeah. It's uh, Kurt from Earth. You got anything over there, Coop? Yeah. Making a joke about our fires here? That's what Kurt did. Uh, How dare you, Kurt? <laughs> all right, hurry up. Where are you? Um, I got a minute to go. All right, yeah. Do you, uh, you know that the the you know what is the world coming to when uh, you know porn star August Ames commits suicide? He just did that one. Oh, not her. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, did you hear that? Bart- uh, no, did you hear that? Justin Cooper was just diagnosed with multiple personalities. I, I did not hear that. Yeah, his doctor has found three so far. Me, myself, and hi. <laughs> That's from Surfer Todd, the comedian, our friend. Where does Bartolo Colon take his cheeseburgers when they're not feeling well? Hmm, where does Bartolo Colon take his cheeseburgers when they're not feeling well? I don't know, Ben. Where does he take them? The Mayo Clinic. <laughs> so Gordon in Tacoma. What is Coop's favorite Sunday dinner? Coop's favorite Sunday dinner? I don't know. Pot roast. Uh, that's from Gordon in Tacoma. <laughs> and uh, here's the closer. Uh, did you hear about the new Lonzo Ball basketball shoes just announced? Just no, announced. No, I didn't hear about yes, this. Yes, uh, they're called Air Balls. There it is. Yeah. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find yours in online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.